1: you're a wizard jimmy
2: hey you're a wizard Anara. what's up everybody you're watching and listening to the command zone podcast i'm your host jimmy wong
1: how's it it's josh
2: lee kwai and it's time for commander christmas it is time to talk about some decks
1: yep we're gonna be beginning our pre-con review season here we're gonna Review each and every one of the pre cons starting. And there are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to start with the Inala or the Wizards deck. Yeah. Is there a name to it?
2: Arcane it Wizardry, do? I believe. Arcane Wizardry. Very arcane indeed. Uh, Wizards, of course, one of Magic's well most well known tribes. Uh, I don't know if many people predicted Wizards would be one of the tribes in Commander 2017, but I'm pretty excited that. I that think it was the fun. last
1: one revealed, and I think some people were surprised that originally the Art Gauntlet out and a lot of people thought it was clerics oh clerics well just because in kind of looks like
2: true she's doing a clerical thing a ritual well she's an
1: archmage ritualist so yeah um so we're going to do a review of this deck basically like we always do so it's going to be as if you bought the pre-con and you want to do some maybe quick tweaks and upgrades it's not going to be about you know, rebuilding the deck from scratch or anything, and just sort of a look at the deck, who you might want to run as a commander, Mm -hmm. um, what it wants to do, just so you know maybe how you're going to play it. Because we're big advocates of taking these decks and playing them straight out of the box first. Um, especially if you can in this environment with the other three just because they're
2: designed that way and it tends to be really fun. And one way that you can play this deck straight out of the box is thanks to our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash c17. That's where you're going to want to go and get your sealed product such as these pre-constructed decks. It's a great place to get it, especially if you want fast shipping, if you're not close to a store around you and you just want to get it to your doorstep. Go to cardkingdom.com slash c17 and you can order your commander product there.
1: Yeah, you'll get it super fast and you want this stuff as soon as it comes out. So pre-order it now using the affiliate link. The other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro has a ton of the stuff that kind of goes along with the product. So, like we've been talking about in the last few episodes, the deck boxes, which are themed to match all the Eminence Commanders. They have a playmat that also has the same art. They have sleeves, each one of these. Here, we'll show the sleeves. Oh, yes. Like these ones have Inala on them.
2: Yeah, you have Um, Inala in hand every time you play this deck. It's
1: pretty good. Uh, Although, if she's your commander, you technically sort of have that anyway. True. Uh, The sleeves are actually, we've been talking about how they have done the sleeves in what we're calling the Eclipse technology. So you can see how they're sort of different
2: colors on the inside, which it's another layer of printing between the sleeve and the actual back of it. It makes it sturdier. makes it hold up a little better. And the shuffle feel is nice as well. Even with these full art sleeves.
1: Yep. All right. And Oh, the yeah. final way, yeah. Sorry, I almost on fi- forgot.
2: final one of the most important ways to support the show is through Patreon. You can support us directly there for as little as a dollar an episode. And we do one thing where we call out a Patreon episode, a patron per episode. And this week we are thanking Justin, Justin Joseph. Joseph, another first name, first name, two first patron. names, two superheroes yeah. in a row. Justin, pretty cool. You rock. Thanks, buddy. All right, let's move right into it. The Commander 2017 Wizard Precon Deck Review. Wizards of the Coast made the Wizard Deck. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> um, <a> <laughs> one of the things that we want to do with this is to essentially help highlight what you can take out of the deck to make it better, but we're not talking about stripping it all the way down and building a deck from scratch. There's a lot of good pieces in here, and also we're aiming this towards people that may not have infinite budgets. And this is just a really quick and easy way to upgrade the deck without making the complete overhaul.
1: Yeah, so maybe like ten to twelve cards that we think could could easily go in, and what you might take out, um, and also just a good general look at the deck to see, you know, maybe what you might think about while you're playing it, just knowing yeah. what's in it and, and where the deck's leaning. So, totally. well, let's start with the new legendary creatures. There are four. Now, one of them you can't actually run as the commander because it's two color. So this, I'm going to read that one first. That's Tygam Sadisi's hand. Uh, it's three, a blue and a black for a 3-4 legendary creature, human wizard. Tygam says, skip your draw step. That seems bad. <laughs> at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So you still get to draw the normal amount of cards, uh, but you sort of filter, you get selection, and you're filling your graveyard. So yeah. that seems good. And then Tygam also has an activated ability. You can play a black and tap him. To exile X cards from your graveyard, target creature gets negative X negative X until end of turn.
2: Yeah, there's actually a very similar delve card I think in Concept Dark here that did something to that effect. It seems cool. I, I like, you know, I think having that on a stick is always good. Being able to just kill a creature for as little as one mana. Um,
1: Although you have to have cards in your graveyard, you're going to be able to yeah, do it often. And I'm assuming a Tygam deck would have a lot of self mill.
2: The whole skip your draw step thing is a little troublesome. Even though you do get card selection, and you're drawing a card. I, you know, I'd rather. Draw two cards instead of one,
1: especially if you're depends on the play group. But if people are playing Howling Minds and things like that, all of a sudden you're skipping more than one card. It can be bad. It can bite you. Um, Yeah, this is an interesting card. It's not going to be the lead singer for this deck because it only has two colors. So it's not even in contention. I don't think you'd want to anyway. You need a very specific deck built
2: around around Tygam. Totally. Um, Do you want to read the next one? Yes, the next one is going to be Kess Dissident Mage, and we're going to have a full episode about this, by the way, because with Alex, Alex Kessler, yeah, who's got to preview this card online because it shares a name with him. Uh, one blue, black, and red. So that is Grixis, full Grixis. You can play this as a commander in this deck, and it's also the same casting cost as the Black, th- the Black Rose, the greatest card of all time. <laughs> it's a three-four legendary human wizard with flying. During each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. If a card cast this way will be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So we talk about this a lot, but pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the carador of instants and sorceries, right? It exiles it, whereas carador doesn't but it has a very similar effect. I think that card's very strong. Uh, that would be in contention, I would say, as a possible sort of choice that you could uh, use as your commander when you're running this deck. We'll talk right. about that in a minute. Um, the next one's my favorite potential commander from the entire C-17 set. It's Marisil the Pretender. One in Grixis, so one blue, black, and red for a 4-4 legendary creature, human wizard. When Marisol enters the battlefield, you may exile an artifact... Or creature card from your hand or graveyard and put a cage counter on it and then marisol has all activated abilities of all cards you own in exile with cage counters on them you may activate each of those abilities only once each turn uh we've compared marisol to sylar from heroes where <laughs> kind of stealing the abilities from other things and so eventually marisol has like a ton of abilities yeah you know a bunch of utility
2: when she yeah. lasers the brain out of their skulls, they go into exile. Yeah, including artifacts. So Marisol can become a Gilded Lotus, That's can also very become a Mana Vault without having the untapped Untap. claws. It's yeah. just the activated ability part, which is really cool. So,
1: yeah, that's, that's interesting, something to think about. Uh, and then, of course...
2: And the leader, the, the, the lead singer of the deck is Anala, Archmage Ritualist, who is 2 in Grixis, 5 total CMC for a 4-5 legendary creature human wizard with eminence. And we talked about eminence a bit. Eminence is an ability that triggers and works whenever your commander, uh, all four of these commanders, have it when they're in the battlefield or in the command zone eminence whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control if anala is in the command zone or on the battlefield you may pay one mana if you do create a token that's a copy of that wizard this token gains haste Exile at the beginning of the next end step and then she has this interesting tap five untapped wizards you control target player loses seven life um five cool. wizards is a lot it's a lot and unless you, you're making a lot of tokens
1: yeah true uh, and if you have five wizards they're probably going to want to do something better than that yeah um but the token thing is interesting. She kind of like temporarily Rikus something, but only for one mana, right? It has to be a wizard, but that's a very powerful ability. So before we choose who we're gonna sort of suggest to you to run as the, and it's not gonna be a big surprise. Spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> <clears throat> before we choose, we want to do our famous segment, which is <laughs> stats. 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 Oh, we got an echo machine. Too. Yeah, we, we've upgraded. It so, costs a lot. <laughs> let's go through the stats. Uh, card draw there's about 11 card draw cards about you what you'd expect from wizards they're very good at drawing cards so that's great um you know obviously we usually like to have 10 ramp is six so a little bit low there's about 10 targeted removal spells or effects that's a lot 10 usually we're we want around five or five yeah and there's about four board wipes yeah so interestingly, you know, on our pillars of the format uh, statistics, the wizard deck is is pretty close. The ramp's a pretty little close. low. The yeah. removal's a little high. Um,
2: how many wizards total in the deck? Thirty. It's a lot. That's a third of the deck, and yeah. that's about as many lands as you put in these kinds of decks too. So, and and
1: from the deck building template, we know that if a, if a deck cares about a certain thing, whether mm-hmm. that's instance and sorceries or creatures or specifically a tribe you usually want somewhere around the realm of 30 to 35 of that thing. So we're right there, which is good. Um, and then so we know Kess cares about instants and sorceries, so I looked at how many instants and sorceries are in the deck. There's about 18, hmm. which is a, a, a decent amount, but I don't think it's enough to really warrant it being a Kess deck. 18 is like not like none. You're going to draw a couple per I game. I feel like that's about normal for yeah. a deck anyway. So be, yeah. Um and then so then I was like, well, what kind of activated abilities are there? Tap abilities for Meresil. And there's about ten. Now I didn't count necessarily all the mana rocks, so maybe there's closer to fifteen mm-hmm. of those. Um but again, if you got eighteen cards for one commander, that's that's Kess. You got about fifteen activated tap abilities for Mercil. But you have thirty wizards in the deck, which is what Anala wants. It
2: feels like you really want a Nala Yeah, I think the commander. That, I think it actually goes the same for all the decks. You kind of want the main They the main usually commander.
1: build it that way, but every once in a while we've seen somewhere yes. I'm like, you know what? I would run this commander instead because they didn't actually build the deck to take advantage of this sort of quote-unquote main commander. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to check, and it also sort of tells you what your strategy wants to be. Um, there's also a category that I called recast or reclaim stuff from your graveyard. So there's some stuff that like reanimates your own creature or gets an instant or sorcery back from the graveyard. And for that one, there's about six to seven cards. Tigam is one of those.
2: Or Kaomancer. Yeah,
1: so there is some sort of general recursion. So what does this tell us? I think it tells us the overall strategy seems to be like value town, Mm -hmm. you know, with reusable activated abilities, enter the battlefield effects, Um, especially because Enola can sort of give haste to a creature in a weird way, right? So if you cast a wizard, you pay one mana, you make a copy of it, but that copy has haste. And you only get it until the end step when it gets yeah. when it goes away. That's almost like creating the same creature with haste, right?
2: Yes, it's good. There's you know if the creature has a tap ability on it, then it's even you better. You can use it right away. Um, however, yeah. not so good with legendary creatures, as is as something we learned on game nights. Yes. Actually, it's just you obviously if you make a copy of it, you have to choose which one stays around. So it just
1: turns off our ability basically, unless yeah. you want to use it right away for some reason, which maybe you do. Um, and then. You know, the, the value thing also is because of the recursive abilities on some of this stuff tells you that, you know, the deck is kind of value-oriented,
2: right? Grixis is definitely a value color base. Yeah,
1: um, Rampant card draw. I think the tra- draw looks really good. 11 card draw spells. That's great. It's going to make the deck more consistent. You're going to hit your land drops more. Yeah. But your ramp is a little low with six cards.
2: You need a lot of ramp in the deck like this. You're Especially since Anala
1: actually needs extra mana to yeah. activate. So you already know it's going to be a little
2: mana hungry. And there are cards in here like Nivik's Guildmage and stuff that want you to use mana. So the more mana you have access to, I think, the better. I think this deck needs to ramp. Yeah. So you doing.
1: probably that's one of the things going to be on our list that we need to add is ramp. Board wipes and targeted removal. We talked about this a little bit. You know, you kind of expect the Wizards deck to have a lot of tricks, a lot of instant speed stuff. Um,
2: A lot of spells.
1: As a result, we got a ton of targeted removal. In fact, I think it's almost too much targeted removal. I think I'd rather have some more proactive cards and lose a little bit of the targeted
2: removal. Especially if Kess isn't going to be your commander and it's supposed to be Anala. Maybe they put in more for, you know, the the times you do get Kess out and you get single targeted removal. But otherwise, I think Anala does not want that much.
1: Yeah. Um, I board wipes so good though. Yeah. Four board wipes is a good amount. Uh, I think that's right in the wheelhouse of what we would want to see. So, so that feels good. So let's go to the best cards in the deck. So this is where we talk about some of the cards that I think really can make the deck go, or are you really looking to leverage in a good way? Um, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, Azami, Lady of Scrolls. I mean, this may be the single best wizard you could put in a deck like this to pair with Anala.
1: I mean, statistically on EDH rec I know that Azami is always the wizard tribal commander with the most popularity. So oh, really? that's sort of the go-to wizard commander because yeah. it, think of with the tokens. She works really good, right? You make a Nala token. with you know, So let's say you play so a, what, another sorry. wizard. Yeah, oh, yeah what yeah, Azami draw,
2: does is sh- you can tap an untapped wizard you control to draw a card. I used this in Game Nights episode 8. But yeah, with Inala, you're making a token with haste. And sometimes your wizards, a zombie's at 0-2, for you example. You don't actually right? need
1: the haste for a zombie's ability either. It's like yeah. the downside. So you just need wizards. just need wizards. So you play a wizard, make a, a token, tap them both right away to draw two cards.
2: Pretty I mean, good, like a, a zombie yeah. can tap herself. Yep. yep. Uh, can also tap Anala. Yeah. Not inside the command zone. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting because you're not going to really want to attack. The haste on Inala is not for combat. It's for activated abilities and stuff. So... If you're not attacking with them and they don't have an activated ability, then why not tap them for a card? Seems pretty good. Pretty good. Um, the next
1: one is a really innocuous card, but I think it ge- gives us a good roadmap of sort of where we'd like to push this deck yeah. with you know with sort of small changes this card uh, when we first there. get it. Yeah, and this card was really impressive. It, it was played in game night. Game Nights, it's Seagate Oracle. It's two and a blue for a 1-3 human wizard. But when Seagate Oracle enters the battlefield, you look at the top two cards of your library. You put one of them into your hand and the other onto the bottom of your library. So you get to look at two cards, pick one. But with Inala, you pay a blue and three colorless. Make a copy of Seagate Oracle when it comes in, and you do that twice. I mean, that's it's now better than Drifter, kind of.
2: Yeah, when well, you're you looking get at card four selection. cards yeah. and picking two, kind of. Yeah, you don't get a two-two flyer, but it's yeah. commander. I don't think that's going to be your top priority here. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's a one-three doesn't really matter. So,
1: that card is the perfect kind of card in Anala. And actually, as we move forward, we're going to talk about it, but you want more of that, of cards as like many that. As you can get, yeah. yeah. Um, and this, this next one's really interesting, and it sort of led us to think about a, an interesting path that for the types of effects you might go for, so.
2: Yeah, Silumgar's Command, three of blue and a black for an instant, and you get to choose two It's a modular spell. You can choose either counter a target non-creature spell or return target permanent to its owner's hand or target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn or destroy a target planeswalker. If you're in blue-black, you almost play this in every blue-black EDH deck, as far as I can, I'm concerned, because you never want to waste a slot on just destroy target planeswalker. But now but it's that great you have, to have it, yeah, this is an instant-speed spell that can do two things. You can counter a non-creature spell like a planeswalker. You can return. You can bounce a permanent. So you can bounce a land to someone's hand if you wanted to. So it's a very powerful card. Also, considering that Inala wants you to cast wizards, it's very
1: possible for you to like counter their spell, bounce your Seagate Oracle back to your hand play it the next turn to draw two the best two cards out of the top four again. So the fact that Silimgar's Command is sort of reusable that way. Also, think of like Archaeomancer. You can get yeah. in this infinite loop where you counter a non-creature spell, right. bounce your Archaeomancer back to your hand. Now Silimgar's Command is in the uh, graveyard. You replay Archaeomancer, copy it, get the Silimgar's Command back and something else, and now you have Silimgar's Command again oh, to wow. rebounce the Archaeomancer and start yeah. going getting in that kind of loop. And there's m- multiple ways... That, in the deck where it's possible to build multiple ways to have that kind of chain. Mm -hmm. So now you're sort of locking things down with supreme amounts of value, I think.
2: Yeah, that's really effective. Um, Just any modular spell, I'm always a big fan of.
1: Yeah, especially when you can choose two. Now all of a sudden, you're getting to bounce a guy, you know, one of your wizards, and do something else. So good. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about some cool new cards in the deck. So some of the cards that are new to Commander 2017. This one is called Bloodline Necromancer. This is also in the Vampire deck, but it's a Vampire Wizard. It's four and a black for a Vampire Wizard. A a 3-2 with lifelink. It says when Bloodline Necromancer enters the battlefield, you may return target Vampire or Wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield.
2: Hey to the battlefield. Yeah. So that's gonna trigger a knowledge ability. For five mana, you are getting something just straight back out there. And you pay another mana, get another thing, because yep. you create a token that's a copy of it, which would get something
1: else out of your graveyard. And then when those things come out of your graveyard, it's possible to make copies of the things you bring back in. It's possible to almost make tap five tap wizards you control to make a target player lose
2: seven life. Might be,
1: <laughs> yeah, it might be possible at that point, because Bloodline Necromancer, basically represents up to what one, two, three, four, five, six wizards. Yeah. You have to have a lot of mana, which is another reason we want ramp. But that card is seems pretty amazing. This one is really interesting.
2: Portal Mage. Two in the blue for a flash two two human wizard. When Portal Mage enters the battlefield during the declare attacker step, you may reselect which player or planeswalker target attacking creature is attacking. Whoa. So Think during about during the declare attacker yeah. step. It's a very interesting step because this step usually just involves you turning your card sideways. It needs to be attacking already. Right. So they have to
1: declare their attacks. And then once attacks are declared you can flash before you move in. to blockers, you have a chance to respond and you flash in portal mage and you get to make a copy of it.
2: Right. So, so remember two creatures. Yeah. Huh?
1: And you can say, Oh, that thing that's coming at me,
2: it's actually coming at Jimmy. Yeah. You know, or it's actually
1: going at Gideon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can redirect it to a planeswalker. Really interesting. You can also just make people sacrifice a creature. Let's say someone swings at someone with a consecrated sphinx. but like, we're going to redirect it to the guy with the Udvara Hellkite. That's a really good point because a lot
1: of people, times people will be like, oh, I got the sphinx. I'll swing at you because you know, you don't have any blockers, but yeah. I wouldn't put it might in danger annulate. otherwise. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Um, what's interesting about this card is that Annihilator triggers will happen before you're able to redirect yeah. the creature. So you can't, like, grab a causal, like, and throw it at someone else and have them be annihilated. Right, because that trigger's, trigger's are, already on the stack. Yeah, they attacked you, so yeah. you're just redirecting the attack itself. Anything that happens on attack will not get changed. Still works pretty good against, like,
1: Blightsteel Colossus or something. Though. Oh,
2: my goodness. <laughs> just out of nowhere where it's like, you know what, Jimmy, I'm going to give you one more turn to live, and then whoop! whoop. Sorry, no. buddy. I'm
1: not giving you one more turn to live um so those are two of the cool new cards we went over a bunch of the new cards uh just in general in the first look episode which we did previous to this so we're not going to talk about every single new card there's a bunch that are sort of shared across the decks and are still decent in this deck um let's talk about the worst cards in the deck so these are some of the cards that we would probably take out because they're probably not good enough uh to put in there or to keep in there there's first of all there's the curse cycle right so this deck Actually has the most curses, I think, of any of the decks. It has three. It's got all three, huh? Yeah. It's got verbosity, disturbance, and opulence. So one for each color. I don't think these cards are abysmally horrible. I just think you can do better.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. They do stuff. I just don't think they do enough. I would recommend not taking them out at least once just to see what happens because maybe your play group is one that is affected very much in a good way by it maybe your play group just knows how to play around it and maybe your play group isn't enticed by the curse you know And the you know so it playing in this environment i think they're fine all these decks want to
1: attack except the wizard's deck so yeah. it does sort of make sense but in a normal play group there's a bunch of decks that don't care about a t- combat damage or attacking so the curses just don't work and then with good players you're giving them a choice and you can expect that they're going to make the correct choice, which is not act according to like a small upside, you know, yeah. when it really matters. And so I, I think Verbossi would do the best. Uh, yeah, because you're cards. Are, you're already but drawing. You're cards. the Wizards deck. You're not attacking people. True,
2: but here's the thing: is if people are coming after you, seeing what you've done with Anala, because she's very powerful. True. So, maybe, but who knows? Yeah, I will just playing with them at least once and see what happens. Um,
1: another card to. I think, to take out is Vela the Nightclad. Ah, this is one of the reprints. Card. Yeah, and it's a cool card. It's four blue-black for a legendary human wizard of four-four. Has intimidate, which means this creature can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or creatures that share a color with it. It says other creatures you control have intimidate, and then whenever Vela the Nightclad or another creature you control leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. It works with the tokens, right, because the tokens right. leave the battlefield, which I think makes it seem like it's a good idea. The problem is...
0: It's, it's expensive for a
1: 4-4. Four, four, yeah. And if that's all you're getting from it, it's not that great. And it really is all you're getting from it because you don't care about the Intimidate. You've got Wizards. Yeah. They're one threes and 2-power two, two power stuff. They ain't attacking. Yeah. That's not how you're beating people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Vela is interesting. I'd much rather just have like a... Um, you can't copy her because she's legendary, right?
1: Right. So that hurts. Wouldn't you just rather have another like type, a, Seagate just, Oracle type of effect?
2: Yeah, that are, or if you want that kind of effect, go for like a Blood Artist. Yeah. It's way, way cheaper and will do the effect of Blood Artist
1: I think they got to die. Vela says leave the battlefield. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I think the tokens are exiled. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe but so. But yeah, yeah.
2: I, I get what you're saying. Like there's other things that. There's do other things that. that are, if you're going for that kind of effect, that's not, you can't look at one line of text in the 10 line card like that and be like, that's the reason why I'm putting for this in. For six mana, it's yeah. just a lot of mana.
1: Um another card that we think is one of the worst cards in the deck is Nivik skilled mage. Yep.
2: Yeah, so it's a blue and a red for a two two creature human wizard, and this card normally is awesome, right? You do one blue and a red to draw a card, then discard a card. Cool. And then two a blue and a red to copy target instant or sorcery spell you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. If you were playing the cast deck, I could see the Nevik skilled mage maybe making it in there, but Yes. This yes. is a really good limited card, and it's not that good as it scales up because 4 mana, 3 mana, and 2 mana, it just it ends up being more expensive than I think you'd like it to be. It's too much to loot.
1: You want to fork a spell, right? you got to pay 4 mana. You're just not going to get to the point where you can can fork it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, what are you going to fork? Like something that costs 5 mana? You need 9 mana now to do that, really? Blech. Yeah. And it's not a good tar- target to copy for tokens because it doesn't actually do anything like Seagate Oracle when... There's no enter the battlefield effect.
2: Yeah, and you can't just copy any instant sorcery. It has to be your own. Yep. So.
1: Um, so let's talk about the notable reprints, hashtag value, for value. this set. So there are there are a number. We're going to talk about sort of four of them. Just just so you know, there are some good value in the set. Um, Haven Ghoul Lich has one. Three a blue and a black for a zombie wizard, 4-4. Has an ability. You can pay one, and it says you may cast target creature card in a graveyard this turn. So you can kind of carry door, but from anybody's graveyard and then when you cast that card this turn haven goal lich gains all activated abilities of that card until end of turn so haven goal sort of silers something yeah not i good love this d- obscure siler reference that you know nobody no really one's like, know. It's yeah. like who wants heroes anyway? anyway
2: yeah um doesn't work that great uh with anala i don't think it's okay. It's value. I don't think it's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's like At a, least it's not legendary. It's like a mini Maricel. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Like a kind of a worse one. Yeah. But, you know, there's value, right? You play it, and if it lives, you can start casting stuff out of other people's graveyards if you have got the right mana right. colors, right? Or at least your own. Just get some value out of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's not the
1: worst.
2: It's not the worst. It's not the greatest. I'd love to see a having Gold Lich Maricel deck go off, though.
1: Yeah. Um... Another one is Nin, the Pain Artist. Nin is blue and red for a 1-1 Vidalcan Wizard <laughs> Legendary. You can pay X a blue and a red and tap Nin, and then Nin, the Pain Artist, deals X damage to target creature. That creature's controller draws X cards. Uh, I actually think this is quite good in the deck because you can just use Nin on your own token. Oh, that's right. To draw a whole bunch of, a die die anyway. of cards. Because they're going to die anyway. yeah. yeah. So, because the token goes away at a turn, correct. And again, you can use it as removal on somebody else's thing. You can also sort of negotiate with them. I'll let you draw a bunch of cards. Don't, yeah. don't hurt me. That kind of stuff. I think Nin, Nin is a very good deck on her own. Uh, but in yeah. this deck, I think she warrants keeping.
2: That was Kessler's, I think, original blue-red deck. Was yeah, made, yeah. So. And it's a good deck. Um, Marchesa, the Black Rose, got a nice reprint. Hello, my beautiful. Welcome back. Um, obviously, a very powerful card, but just a wizard. And the legendary creature, so you can't duplicate with the knowledge. So it actually isn't doing that much in this deck. Because it only
1: it works for attacking, right? Mm-hmm. She, she gives all your creatures dethrone, but that's an attacking, that's a combat damage based mechanic. That's not the, something your yeah. deck wants to do.
2: These colors have almost zero ways of putting plus one, plus one counters on creatures as well, so you're not going to be able to benefit from the other side of that anyway. So
1: Yeah, so I think Marchese is probably not good enough to keep in the deck. To um, create pain, however, oh, you keep is. that one in the deck.
2: Yeah. yeah. Six black black swords to destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. Draw a card for each creature destroyed this way. So eight mana wipe that draws you potentially like 10, 12 cards. Pretty good. Um, especially if you're annulling something too. I mean, you need a lot of mana to do it at that point. Um, it also has cycling for yep. three black black. And when you cycle it, all creatures get minus two, minus two in the turn. So you get a card, if you pay five mana, and you could potentially kill a huge chunk of the board. So, And it's h- way harder to counter uh, yeah. cycling. So.
1: Decree of Pain, very good card just in general. And that one was getting spendy, so I'm glad mm-hmm. they reprinted it. Um, so those are sort of the no- notable reprints. Again, that doesn't mean we want to keep them in the deck necessarily. I think Marchesa probably comes out. Uh, yeah, i would take her out. But it, it is nice to know there's some value in in there when you purchase it. So, okay, out of the box, how does this deck feel? Bad. It feels unfocused. How does it win? That's, that's the really good question. Casting about spells. When you look at the deck, you can't really find a good win condition. It's it's trying to do what sort of the classic EDH strategy of like attrition you out over time by outvaluing you. But yeah. most of those decks have something big at the top that they're going to get to. Tooth and nail, get this combo, Rise of the Dark Realms, Insurrection, this of hook my, Behemoth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This reminds There's me of, of
2: the very first deck I ever built, which was a blue black like haha, I'm doing tricky things. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you attacking anyone? Are you doing any damage whatsoever? Yeah, you're spinning your wheels. That looks great, but then the, you don't go anywhere. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you're just going to get iced in a single turn. So yeah, that I th- needs to happen.
1: Yeah, I think you want to add some wind conditions, a couple of big flashy things that you can do or you can
2: build to. Mm-hmm. Um so let's go on, speaking of that, to... Even, like, sack outlets would be good in this deck, too, just because of the tokens. Get, get a little mana back. I think the curve is a little off,
1: too. There's not as much lower-end stuff. And the fact that when you play a wizard, you need to pay one extra mana to really get full value because of Anala and make right. a token, you want some two and three CMC wizards. You want more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, you want more enter-the-battlefield effects, too, because that's really what Anala is good at, Seagate Oracle is like you play something you make a copy you get double the enter the battlefield effects. You kind of get a pan effect when you do that. As long as you're using a wizard with an ETB effect. So yeah. I think those are ways we want to steer the deck to take advantage. And this again this is a small upgrade. We're not going to be talking about major overhaul. We're talking about, you know, a dozen or slightly more cards. Um, so let's let's move on to the cards to add department, the part um, that's the most fun. What is you, it? what are the cool stuff you're going to put in and why and these are these are things we're thinking about you know that we're just going to list some stuff and you can make a choice based on what you've got or what your budget is uh, what you want to add we're not going to say I mean now I'm going to say it but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on like Cyclonic Rift and stuff that's just like obvious yeah sure yeah
2: Snapcaster Mage if you have it Baby yeah. J or Kid Jace sorry yeah. Jace um, Brins Prodigy yeah. Yeah. I mean duh put
1: in the good stuff if you've got it you know yeah. we're not going to say the staple goes in every you know
2: Vandal Blast that kind of stuff yeah, can't put the Profit of the Kruvix in here, unfortunately.
1: So I think the first category is Wizards with Enter the Battlefield effects. This is sort of going to be the heart and soul of your deck, the meat of it. The, the basic theme is I play a Wizard with an Enter the Battlefield effect. I pay one mana. I get that Enter the Battlefield effect twice. Right. So with that in mind, this is a really good one.
2: Ether Adept. One blue blue for a creature. Human Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, return target creature to its owner's hand. So it's a Man of War, but it's a Wizard. So you get two for the price of one. So for four mana, bounce two creatures to their perm- uh, creatures to their owner's hands. And one
1: of those creatures can be the Ether Adept. Mm-hmm. So you bounce one of theirs, one of your own. The oh, Ether gosh. Adept. Replay it. Do it again. Replay it. Do it again. You can it's, get in this capsize loops.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, sorcery speed capsize. Yeah. With so. A creature.
1: The fact that for four mana, you can basically bounce something with buyback.
2: Yeah, that's actually kind of absurd, especially if you pair it with some of the... Um, we'll talk about the flash cards you can play in this deck later. Yeah,
1: so that's pretty good. Uh, another really good one is Baron Master Wizard. I'll let you read it because I can't see that angle.
2: One blue blue legendary human wizard 1-1. One, one. Uh, you pay two mana to sacrifice a permanent and return target creatures, creature to its owner's hand.
1: So the permanent you sacrifice can be the token. Right. And then you can return one of the other things with an ETB to your
2: hand so you can replay it. The tokens are absurd. Yeah, They're just like free fuel for you to use because most of the time if you're copying something, it's like, oh great, this is a 1-1, this is a 2-2. I got my value for when it enters the battlefield and now I can use it to bounce the original and replay
1: it and make another copy. Just think... Baron
2: is legendary, so it's a bit tougher with him. But but you're going to have tokens lying around if you're casting more than one creature spell a turn.
1: Um, A new card that is not expensive is Champion of Wits. So Champion of Wits is 3 mana for a 2-1. Two and a Blue, and it says when it enters the battlefield, you may draw cards equal to its power. If you do, discard two cards. So you loot twice. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you, it it all. Sorry, it also has Eternalize. So it's five blue blue to Eternalize it, which means it comes in as a four four. Yeah. And in that case, you look at the top four cards, keep two of them, and discard two. Uh, or sorry, you can discard two cards. You, you're you, draw, your yeah, you draw yeah, you draw
2: four and discard two at that point. When the thing it comes is, back.
1: Champion of which basically in this deck reads four mana do it twice so draw four cards discard four cards but that's just really good card selection you're going to be able to find the best cards in your deck that way
2: two blue blue tap return to coastal wizard and another target creature to their owner's hands activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are clear well hey first main phase when you want to cast a copy of coastal wizard for five mana you can tap it and return it the token or the original copy to your hand and then another target creature so you can bounce another creature or your own creature this card's sick yeah it's, real,
1: it's really good with again the copies they fancy. have haste
2: and you don't care if you send it back to its hand right uh, better just send the original you know? Yep. and uh, then next turn you get to bounce another thing it's like you get these interesting locks with a lot of these cards
1: yeah i think there's a lot of these kind of loops it's not a full lock unless you have infinite mana but it's it's it definitely can sort of hold a lot of things at bay yeah uh, speaking okay. of cards you want to bounce back oh, to your hand this card's really good so dual caster mage we found a home for it here it's, finally jeez. it's one red red for a uh, human wizard it's a 2-2 two, two, and it has flash and when you cast it you basically fork something so when it enters the battlefield you copy target instant or sorcery spell and you can choose new targets
2: for the copy but for one additional mana, you do that again. So you're going to copy something twice for four mana. Twice, minutes. and then you're going to find so many ways of bouncing things back to your hand. And you can just hold up dual caster mage with one extra mana against everyone for the rest of the game. Scary. Dual caster mage is very good in a deck like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not much else to say about it. Hey, here's another card that I've always wanted to put into a deck. This is sort of wizard tribal, but yeah. it
1: still it has utility too. You know, we were saying you don't you're not worried about combat. Um, but there are other reasons to put 1-1 counters on. So this is Sage of Fables. It's two and a blue for a 2-2 merfolk wizard. Each other wizard creature you control enters the battlefield with a 1-1 counter on it, but you can pay two and remove a 1-1 counter from a creature you control to draw a card. So you think like, oh, you make a token. It's gonna, it's a wizard. It's going to come in with an, a 1-1 counter, and then if you want, you can pay two mana and remove the counter from the token. Maybe and you can draw get the a free hidden. Yeah. So... I just think the fact that it draws you cards, pumps your wizards, yeah, you, you, those tokens have haste. So there are going to be times when it's like, well, I might as well do three damage to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. This next one's a gimme, Deadeye Navigator. Woof. Um, this is really good with the Nala because Nala says when a wizard, en- non token, sorry, when another non token wizard yeah. enters the battlefield. So you can get the token copies from Dead Eye's blinking of the thing. Okay. Oh. And so- then sort of like, we, remember we said we need win conditions. Yeah, wizard time. Right of Replication is a good win condition. So it's two blue-blue for a sorcery, has kicker five. And it says, create a token that's a copy of target creature. So for four mana, you get one copy. But if you kicked it for the additional five, then you get five of those tokens instead.
2: It's the same rate as Inala. You get paid one mana for one copy. Yeah, you just get five of them. Um, you cannot, however, uh, trigger Inala because they are tokens that come into the battlefield. Right, but right of Replication is sick yeah. because it's like, I want... Five blight steals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want five of whatever you've got, or of my own thing, because a lot of my stuff has entered the battlefield's effects now. Yeah, I'm gonna double those up. Think of it with dual caster mage. It's so good with dual caster mage oh my gosh. because it goes infinite, right? As long as you're targeting something else, you kicker it at one of another creature. You dual caster to copy it. You copy your dual caster. Now the right copies the dual caster, which brings in. Five more dual casters, which copy the right of replication, which copies the dual caster. You do that a million times, and then you redirect
2: all the million copies to one of the other things. Don't forget to put Perforos in this deck at that uh, point. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, now, the best way to play a spell like this, because it's a sorcery, is at instant speed. Yep. And what better way to do that than our favorite card of all time, now that the Prophet of Kruphix is gone, Vidalcan or Ruri.
1: Yeah, it's very important, I think, in these decks to be tricky to hold your mana open to be able to play things at instant speed all your enter the battlefield effects there's actually three ways uh there's more but there's three main ways to get that done Vidalcan or is one of them yeah uh Line of Anticipation is another one and then there's a a wizard specific one kind of yeah I love this card Teferi Mage of Zalfir yep Teferi is two blue 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 for a three four human wizard has flash says, creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield have flash. That's great. That's yep. what you're casting. You're casting creatures for the most part. Yep. They're all wizards within their battlefield effects. And then also says, each opponent can cast spells only any time he or she could cast a sorcery. That's also absurd. So you slow down your opponents, you're sped up. So the gap is widened, right, yeah. between the ability to respond to
2: things. And this also shuts down their Vidalkan and stuff, right? Yep. Or does it override it? uh no oh no it's a layer effect so yep. this goes on top yep. if they've already cast it yeah yep. teferi is great um teferi is great in so many different ways the if you notice by the way most of the cards we mentioned have a bunch of blue in their mana cost so if you do decide to do this and we don't talk about the mana base in this episode and you put these cards in just you know you're gonna have to make your deck blue slightly heavy. favored towards blue, blue yeah heavy, because it's sure. very hard to cast these cards otherwise that's why teferi just doesn't see that much play honestly it's just hard to get them out teferi is expensive too as a, i
1: mean a, Price-wise, so true, 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 we true. understand. But you don't have to have that card. You could have a Dalkin and Leyline. Leyline's not cheap mm-hmm. Um All right, now let's talk about some Wizard Tribal cards. So, Sage of Fables was kind of one. This is a good one, Docent of Perfection. This card's mm-hmm. really good in this deck. Yep, so it's three blue-blue for a 5-4 Insect Horror. It has flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a 1-1 one, one blue human-wizard creature token onto the battlefield. Then, if you control three or more wizards you transform the Docent of Perfection. Now, the wizards that you control do not have to be created by the Docent of Perfection. They can be wizards that were created by Inala. Mm -hmm. Um, So your ability to flip Docent is so easy in this deck. And then it flips over and becomes the final iteration, which is a 6-5 Eldrazi insect with flying, Mm -hmm. but it says, Wizards you control get plus two, plus one, and have flying. All your wizards, including the little tokens you just made with Docent. Wow. So now all of a sudden, you're probably actually going to be attacking. You turn into a combat based yeah. deck. Yeah, this is to a win them. condition in yeah. this deck for sure. And you flipped. It still says when you cast an instant or sorcery, you make a 1 1 blue human wizard token. Yeah. But it's now a 3 cool. 2 with flying, basically.
2: Yeah, the other thing, though, is you have to, uh, in order to transform the Docent Imperfection, perfection, you have to cast that's an instant or sorcery first, and then it checks for the three or more wizards. Yeah. But still, very good. Giving all your wizards plus two, plus one, and flying, that is certainly way to
1: win this game and there are enough instants and in sorceries you've got 18 in the deck that you're gonna be able to cast one yeah you know
2: that's really all you need because you should have enough other wizards to just do it um uh, very famous land here riptide laboratory obviously goes in this deck where you tap it for a colorless or you can pay one in the blue and tap it to return target wizard you control to its owner's hand so if you're going wizard tribal riptide laboratory is literally built for your deck
1: and again returning it to your hand is what you want to do so you can recast it and make more tokens yeah yeah don't bounce the tokens. Don't bounce. Th- well, you can. They're going to die by themselves, but it's, it's a waste of mana. But don't do it. Yeah. All right, and then the last category is more ramp. Don't forget, you want more ramp. You got tons of card draw. The problem you're going to run into is having so many cards and not enough land to deploy them. To play them all, yeah. Or not enough mana to deploy them. So I'd add every one of the signets that are in your colors. That's is it, Demir, Rakdos. I think something like Urza's Incubator is doable uh, because it makes most of your wizards cost. Way less. Think of Seagate Oracle. It's two and a blue. Well, it just costs blue.
2: Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Chromatic Lantern also, I think, is a big addition yeah. to this deck. In that case, it, just being able to do blue, 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 very important.
1: Yep. So I would just... I would add at least four more ramp cards, maybe Mm -hmm. five or six even, Mm -hmm. just because your card draw is so high that you're going to be able to cycle through and find the non-draw, non-ramp cards. Yeah, you're you're also not
2: not in the ramp colors, so it is very important for you to add ramp. Like, my Marchesa deck does not function without all the mana rocks in there. It just doesn't get off the ground. It can't go fast enough compared to someone that's far-seeking or, uh, what was that new one? Oh, yeah, uh... Traverse the Outland, I think. Traverse the Outland, yeah. Yeah. Like, those cards are going to put other people so far ahead, and you're here dirtling around without a real win condition. So, you know, make sure that if you're going to play this deck, you either play it more controlly so that you're able to just peck in with damage and win that attrition game so you have more board wipes or you make sure you put in your Vandal Blast and stuff, or you're just able to be a little faster than everyone, and Signets is definitely the way to do that, or just Ramp in general. I think we've
1: said this before, but just to hammer it home for those that maybe haven't heard it yet... I believe that most games of Commander are won by stringing together multiple spells in a turn. Mm -hmm. They're very rarely won by I play one spell, then the next turn I play one spell, then the next turn I play one spell. You usually get to the point and you're planning for it, and then I'm going to do this and this on the same turn. Sometimes three things. But in order to do that, you almost always need a specific amount of mana, and it's usually somewhere in the 8, 9, 10 range. Uh, And so... Made a ramp, and that's why ramp's so important because you need to get to the point where you're doing that before your opponents are. Um, so very important. Uh, we have a bunch of list of cards that we would say to take out in favor of these cards. I'm not going to read that on the on the show, or you can go to the show notes and those will be all listed for mm-hmm. you. Um, but. Th- We're not just saying, oh, add these. What would you take out? We're listing a bunch of cards we would take out. And we're kind of erring on the side of some of the legendary creatures because they don't copy well. A bunch of the stuff that has activated abilities because activated abilities are not what Inala wants as much as enter the battlefields. Mm -hmm. And then some of the instants and sorceries because, again, we have too much targeted removal and we're not an incident sorcery-based deck. We don't have as many ways to take advantage of them. I'm not saying take it all out, just um, that's what I'm erring on the side of.
2: Yeah, and you'll probably see that when you play it as well. Yeah. You're, you're going to want to be like, oh, I'm going to cast this person and get double... Oh, wait, it's legendary.
1: I mean, Inala is very much Panharmonicon, except for the legendary thing. But for one extra mana, double all your Into the Battlefield effects. is. That's a pretty good card. That's yeah, a pretty good card.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what the best part about Eminence is that a lot of times when we talk about cards and decks, we're like, oh man, and if this is on, and if your commander's here too, then you do this. It's like, well, Eminence is always on. So that just makes Seagate Oracle become a four mana card where you get the ability twice. Yeah. You don't ever need to have null on the battlefield for it to trigger. And just think of the
1: difference that makes
2: Seagate Oracle versus Nivix Skilled Mage. Yeah.
1: Whereas normally in a normal deck, I think those cards are pretty close power level wise. In this deck, the gap is widened because Seagate Oracle is so much better if you do it twice. Yeah.
2: So. Not to mention, I don't think you ever cast Inala unless you're trying to go for the win condition, in which case you can just wait till the turn to cast her and Docent or whatever else is out there to drain people of life. Yeah, I I can see you
1: doing it if you just happen to look down and you're like, I have 10 wizards, but that's going to be so rare. Yeah, she's
2: just great in the enchantment zone.
1: In the enchantment zone. That's the new name of the show, everybody.
2: Welcome to the enchantment zone. Greetings, (laughs) humans. You have
1: entered the enchantment enchantment zone. zone. Something, something, enchantments are cool. Melissa and Cora <laughs> kick my butt with them. That's true. Yeah. So they are evidently pretty cool. They are pretty cool. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time for two of The Listeners. What do you think about the Wizards deck? What cards did we miss? You know, cards that you would add that you think we didn't talk
2: about? Or what cards in the deck right now do you think we didn't mention but need to come out? Mm-hmm. And what cards do you think you should go to? www.cardkingdom.com slash c17 to order slash order now that the deck is here. Wink. <laughs> um, I will say this, if you guys are speculators and stuff and you want to speculate on cards, just buy the commanders, they're foil, yeah, um, they are going to be good in the long run. I don't think any of these are none of these are like womp womps, you know, they're all good cards, so i would, I think
1: Kess is going to be quite good.
2: yes, I think Kess is definitely going to be good. I could see Marisil just being the purveyor of a lot. Of I'm very excited about the card, combos. I don't think it's going to be like
1: top tier, but I think yeah, I think Kess could be sort of a uh, a high tier maybe not tier one but a high tier card it just yeah. has all the earmarks right Instance and sorceries uh, reusable recursion type
2: stuff yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely do that so make sure you do that also another way to support the show is by going to that card slash c17 link and buying some ultra pro product along with your cards
1: you can buy ultra pro product anywhere it really does help us out they really have upped their quality game so much in the past few months with the Eclipse sleeves. They got the awesome gravity dice, the heavy metal dice. Now they have deck boxes, sleeves, and play mats all themed to the Commander stuff. So really, if you can pick up Ultra Pro products, you are helping the show out a ton. Yeah, for sure. All right. And you know, yourself. Time. And yourself. And you're helping yourself out. Yeah, that's true. Help me help you. Help me help you. All right. Time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have something. Yeah? Yeah. I've been on sort of a podcast binge lately, and I found one that I really like. Oh. It's by a guy um, who's written a number of books that I enjoy. His name is Malcolm Gladwell, yep. and Gladwell wrote a book called The Tipping Point. He's probably most famous for a book called Blink. Uh, a few others used to write for articles for The New Yorker. Kind of gets into sort of sociology and, and the way that the human mind works and things like that. And mm. he has a podcast, and it's called Revisionist History. Now, it's not actually about history in the way that I thought it was. I was like, Malcolm Gladwell, history, I will like this. And I I watched it, and it's sort of like looking at things that have happened through a new lens now about did we analyze that correctly or were we taught correctly about it. Oh, interesting. And it's pretty sweet. Malcolm's got a really great way of sort of formulating thoughts. And so I would highly recommend his podcast. It's super interesting. He's just an interesting guy. And it's quick. It's like a half hour long uh, once a week or so. I think they're in the middle of the second season now.
2: I'll check it out. Where can we find it?
1: You can find it on iTunes or probably Stitcher, although I haven't checked there. It's called (laughs) Revisionist
2: History. Malcolm Gladwell. Make sure you guys look it up.
1: I would check out Malcolm Gladwell's books too. Let me just add that into the end step as yeah. Are they They, awesome? They're all great. You know what else is?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, Why did you say that?
1: Um, So we have another podcast (laughs) that's we want to tell you about we tell you Uh, about it every
2: single week it's it's just (laughs) as awesome every time we tell you about it
1: (laughs) it is our good friends alex kessler and ben bateman you know kessler is going to be on this show very soon because we have a whole ton of extra podcasts in the works because it's commander christmas commander 2017 is coming out so alex is a big commander guy a very good commander deck builder (laughs) but he's also into modern yep and so that's what they talk about on their ma- on their show, which is The Masters of Modern. You can find them on Twitter at the Cast or right next to us at Company, which is our magic hub. And it's a great way
2: to also expand your magic mind, you know,
1: learn, a little, mind. learn
2: about a little bit on modern. Another way to expand your magic mind is by going to YouTube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast, where you can watch mind-blowing versions of our podcasts that are in video format, thanks to our editor, Terry Robertson. And also big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer who does the Living Card Animations that start and end every show. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. Make sure you give thanks to both of these people. They're great. All Thank right, you. everybody.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll see you very soon with more pre-con
2: reviews. They don't stop. They don't stop. Never stop. Never. Oh, boy. I'm so tired. Peace. 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 I just skipped all this. Yeah, see you next time. Peace.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what cards do you think we um, should take out or should recommend to take out that we didn't put on our list? Really interested to hear. Hold on. Hold on. Kiwi is not hey kiwi kiwi in trouble
0: angie's list is now angie and we've heard a lot of theories about why i thought it was an eco move